It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All eyes are on the Auburn quarterback battle. Look, if you're Robbie Ashford or Zach Calzada, you may be running out of time. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us as he does every single Tuesday, Auburn message board legend, Charlie Five, burning the world down, but making us feel nice and comfortable here on the show. (laughs) Look, there's a lot hey, of talk. I'm tired of all the panic. I'm tired of all the panicking. I'm super booging tonight. You're I got booging. Auburn hat, Auburn shirt. We're booging. I think We're it's getting, good. We're going to get excited. We're 15 days away, 16 days away from kickoff. Let's do this thing. I, I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Look, it, it's crunch time, though. I mean, everybody's paying attention to this Auburn quarterback battle. And looking at it, Let's assume all the reports are true of folks that went to the scrimmages and, you know, if we're deciphering and, you know, what Brian Harson said in the post-scrimmage presser, let's assume we're all correct here and that TJ Finley is the clear leader in this quarterback battle. Let's assume all that is true. If you're Zach Calzada or Robbie Ashford, if you're going to win the job, you need to start delivering. I mean, it, it needs to happen now. Auburn has three scrimmages. Obviously, one was this past weekend. The second one is Friday, just a few days away. And that third one is really more of a dress rehearsal. A lot sure. of, uh, you do a golf show. Friday is going to be moving day, right? I mean, Friday yeah. is going to be where pretty much the vast majority of the depth chart is solidified. Unless it's super close. It doesn't sound like it's that close right now at a lot of positions. In your mind, it, it, I mean, Zach Calzada, Robbie Ashford, if they were to win the job, what do they have to do right now? Oh, man. I mean, it, again, I want to back up really quick. You yeah. know, last year, the, fir- the first scrimmage, I, a lot of there's a lot of reactions because it's the first time there's going to be moles inside that are giving you notes and, and, and things like that, even though it's close to the media. And, you know, b- bottom line is, like you said, Ashford and, and Calzada are far behind where TJ is right now. And if you're going to make a difference, no matter how much you want to downplay the seriousness of the first scrimmage, you got basically three practices and another scrimmage. And then, hey, we're almost we're almost a game week prep. Like what? what I mean, right. it's almost time to start prepping for uh, Mercer or whoever it is we play first. Uh, so Mercer, yeah. the, the clock is the clock is definitely ticking. And if I'm Calzada, I'm really concerned because. I had sort of the expectations that I was going to come in and get the job. And I honestly think, you know, you know, you got, you got to think from a coaching standpoint too, you know, if you bring a guy in that you think is going to be the guy, you want him to win outright so that there's no controversy or there's no whatever. Uh, and I think ultimately Harson's going to pick the guy, the guy that's going to give him the best chance to win. If that's TJ, if it's Robbie, if it's, if it's Calzada, but man, you're talking about it's, it's, it's getting to crunch time, and the the reports were, were pretty pretty bad, especially on on Zach, unfortunately. Um, so, a lot of ground to make up, and the clock's ticking every day. It's getting it's getting closer. I don't know what what can you really do in practice to like. I mean, I mean, what can you really do? I guess. I mean, do they just have throwing competitions? Set. I mean, what? Are, 
how do you make it? It seems like well, it, it sounds guy, it, it sounds like the the message that Brian Harson wanted not only the media and fans to hear, but I think he was talking to his team a little bit too uh, through us on Saturday night. Was I think he wants command. I think he wants a, a, a quarterback to come in and command the offense. Yes, passing the football is important, but he just talked about T.J. Finley's ability to lead the offense and understanding where everybody needs to be. Then he gave an example yeah. of, you know, if, if the quarterback goes up there and the running back's on the wrong side of you and you don't correct it, like, that's on you. And it's like, well, he didn't just say that. That happened either to, to Zach or Robbie, probably, based on, based on, you know, just reading in between the lines there. So there was a delay of game. There was only one delay of game, mm-hmm. and that was under Cal. That was when Calzada was in. So delay of game nine times out of ten is either I can't diagnose the defense, I can't get us in the right play, or there was a, somebody dropped the ball on getting the play in, and it's usually not going to be that in a scrimmage. So right. uh, when you talk about command, I mean that's a that's got to be a strike against Calzada right there. Um, the only time there was a delay of game. Uh, he was the guy in there, so which is which is right. pretty remarkable that there was only one in the first scrimmage of fall camp. Like, I, I, I pretty I, solid. I, I think that's a win. I think it's a win. Right. Um. It, it is though. You know, interesting. You know, the the one drive Calzada was in with the ones. They scored yep. a touchdown. That was his touchdown pass to to Shanker. It was the first play, and it was a goal line. It was I say goal line. It was like a red zone, a red zone scenario. Yeah. And uh, they said that uh, he. He he obviously made a good throw, but the catch was pretty 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 daggum solid to Shanker too. But yeah, oh, that's, yeah? that was okay. the that was the only the only reps he got with the the first team for whatever reason, and he threw a touchdown on his first play. So, yeah, I mean obviously uh, it's telling. I mean the fact that he didn't take that many reps with the ones is, I think that says something it, for sure. It should say something. Yeah, yeah. There's no question about it. So that's part of it. But you know maybe they look and they liked what he did with the ones. They did score. Um, I don't think it's going to matter. I'm just thinking, you know, for all the folks out there that are like, oh, no, not Finley. Please let it be Calzada or Robbie. It's like, I think it's going to take something like that, some realization or something that the coaches really liked on tape. But it just didn't really sound like there was much to like when, when the other no. two guys were were in. Um, and, and that's or really what it comes down to. Really, or the gap is just really, It seems really pretty large. large. Like, it seems pretty, pretty large, large yes. right now. Yeah. So, we'll see what that means. We'll see. I mean, there's no way they announce it before the second scrimmage, right? Like, there's no, no. way they, and yeah. So, no, I mean, even though Harson did say, you got to start, we got to start making some decisions, or he said some, some, some words, or he, he made it some statements that were kind of alluding to that. Yeah, I, I, I think th- his verbiage was too deep. Got to figure out the too deep. Yeah. So, that, that could be more motivation than, than mm-hmm. anything. But, um, right. God just wonder. I, I, I mean, I just got to wonder what's going through your head as a. I, I don't want to say that they're just completely. They had completely written off TJ from the beginning, um, but like you got to wonder. Um, you don't bring in two transfers that you would think to just, especially with Calzada, the the situation of getting on him early and getting him in. You you don't feel. I, I don't think you really feel like that guy's going to come in and, and sit, or or, or you, you kind of have a plan that he's going to be the guy. And from from what I, what I've heard from the early fall camp is like it's just it's just not there. It's just I, I, we were very excited. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. 
super excited about all the videos we've seen and and the rapport that he's been building. But like for when when the pads have gone on, it's not been there. Yeah, it's not. It's and, not. It and and just really because close. just because TJ didn't put uh, videos out there doesn't mean he wasn't working. So exactly. Props. Exactly. Um. And props to TJ. I mean, the mental toughness of everybody counting you out and you still kind of showing up oh, and yes. working. Like, props to him, man. Like, seriously, that is so Huge. hard to do. Um, especially Huge. when, I mean, I mean it, it seemed like at times last year, like he wasn't really ready to be that backup when it was towards the end of the season. I think he learned from that. I think he learned, like, no, I need to prep. Like, look, I need to be a good quarterback. Like, I can take that step. And I, I think he did it. Oh, for sure. And, and most kids, and I know. <laughs> I mean, what what does that say to you when when you're when you're there's nobody in front of you and the the coach goes out and brings in two quarterbacks like even though even if he t- talks to you about it beforehand and says hey look this is we're going to have an open competition you're going to have every every chance to whatever blah 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 like subconsciously or like in the back of your mind you got to think you know there's got to be something that makes you feel like maybe I'm not good enough or maybe mm-hmm. uh, they don't believe in me. And that that would make most kids wilt, and it seems like it's driven TJ. And um, he's, uh, I mean, he he is being he is performing the most consistent, and that's what we said we wanted. We just wanted somebody. Uh, they on on the corner message board the other day, Keith Niebuhr said, "Who do you want to be the starting quarterback?" Which I thought was an interesting question, and like. I was surprised that a vast majority of the people that responded, that it wasn't an agenda of who they wanted. It was just who could be the most consistent. Because I think that's what we've been craving for over the last three years is we love the highs, we hate the lows. Can we just get something that we can just consistency yeah. uh, moving forward? Yeah, so, I, I think uh, with this roster, an average SEC quarterback makes us a pretty good team. I think so too. I yeah. think so too. I think there's a lot, a lot of things, especially if these receivers like. can be as good as as we think they can be. I think that's been the surprise of to me so far um, coming out is how uh, the the and it could be it could be a um, strategic marketing uh, from from the the football department to kind of pump up that room. But like, there's been a ton of good, uh, a ton of good um, uh, PR uh, coming out of that was wide receiver room. Um, Coy Moore. Uh, there was two times Zach Calzada missed him reportedly in in the script in the scrimmage where he's just running wide open like he's just that that crafty that clearly that he's that mm-hmm. crafty guy that can that knows how to get open uh, and could have had two catches for thirty plus yards uh, but just got you know just got missed um, so yeah I, if, you, if you just get somebody that can just hit hit those throws um, and you joke y'all y'all talked about TJ being a fifty five percent passing. Uh, quarterback last year i mean if we can just get to a little bit above 60 uh and and not, and not a lot of mistakes with as good as our defense is right the different playmakers we have you could right. be you could be pretty pretty good i thought of a a player comp for coy moore do you remember stevie johnson with the bills did you ever watch him yeah that's a that's a pretty good one yeah there's huh. nothing flash like it's not anything super flashy he just gets open and yeah but it's catches. like oh he, yeah he, he's a really good receiver yeah and also build- fantasy receiver for that like a couple, couple of years stretch. Yeah, especially if you get like PPR and stuff. No question about it. No question about it. All right, Charlie, five. I was asked a question um, on my radio hit on WNSP yesterday uh, about the quarterbacks. I want to get your thoughts on it in just a moment. Hey, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place to wager on anything sports. They also have. 
lines on reality TV shows. They've even got some casino stuff if you're into that sort of thing. But everything is over at Bet Online, including a ton of football futures for both college football and the NFL. The season is so close. Charlie Five just mentioned it. I mean, we were just weeks away. So be sure you're ready. Be sure you're ready. Go to Bet Online, get your bearings straight, you know, maybe place a couple future bets just to kind of get that muscle memory back and ready and going. Just check it all out. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, Charlie Five, I was asked the following question when I went on WNSP yesterday down in Mobile. I was asked in response to, you know, he wanted my thoughts on TJ, and I'm like, sounds like he's leading the job. Sounds like he's leading the way. He then asked, Dave Schultz asked me, does it have to do with, like, is TJ winning it or is he just kind of the least bad? And I've seen a lot of people saying that on Twitter and on in the Lockdown Auburn Discord, and um, it, it's a pretty common talking point, especially for folks sure. outside of Auburn. Uh, I'm seeing that a ton. What's your take on that? So for that to be for it to be the second part, being the least bad, you have to automatically assume that TJ's bad and he can't get better. So that has to be like the, the auto assumption yeah. is that last year is the rule for him, the last five games. Uh, and you're comparing that to what the other other guys are, are, are doing. So you're saying, okay, that was those last five games were terrible. There's no question about it. They were really four or five games. They were really bad. So if these guys can't beat him out, they must be worse than even that. Uh, so that that to me is a false sort of starting point because yes, yes, it was hard to watch at times last year. Uh, y'all made a great point today. I thought when you said um, you, and you explained it pretty well too, saying set up for, he was sort of set up for failure. Uh, you got towards some of the the more uh, pressure packed games towards the end where you got to have wins. Bo goes down. Um, it wasn't like the coaches set him up on purpose to fail, but it was like the scenario just kind of said it was was not really yeah, right for him to succeed. Yeah, the, the receivers were banged up. The offensive line was banged up. You couldn't run the football. Like it was just a, a bad situation for him to be right. in. Yeah, nobody's right. fault. So, so you take the false assumption. That's the only way you can come out to me with. Everybody, everybody stinks because TJ stunk for the last five games of the year. So uh, these guys must stink even worse than that level of play. When uh, you're you're healthy now, you're you're, you're you got new playmakers on, on offense. You got a, a another year of the offensive line gelling, and it looks like we've cemented the tackle spots. And there's like that's one of the that was one of my biggest question marks, and it seems like that's not even a, a remotely a question mark. Is right. the is the tackle position? Uh, yeah, and. That's why I think that from a fan perspective, from an outsider perspective, you have to start there to come up with that answer. It could just be that consistency, leadership, TJ is just better at that right now. Mm -hmm. He's just better at that, and it's going to be hard for these other two guys to to unseat him for the, the, the equity that he sort of built the first couple of weeks in camp. Right, right. 
And also, like, we know what Zach Calzada was at A&M. And once again, he was put in a situation where it's like he was kind of, I don't know, it was trial by fire for his first several weeks at A&M. Like, they, right. didn't, they didn't go in the season thinking he'd be the guy either, um, which is a less extreme example of what TJ had to go through, but there are similarities there. I do think if you build around the quarterback in the fall, it's definitely going to help you. You get more reps with the ones, and obviously you're more healthy at the start of the season. And I say this all the time, like over the course of a year, you're supposed to get better every single week. And then when you lose your quarterback towards the end of the season, the last month of the season, everybody's been getting better every week. And then you take this massive step back because, you, you know, you haven't, your backup quarterback's not where he needs to be because he's not the starter. Like, that's a normal yeah. thing to happen. When your starting quarterback goes down, your team gets worse. Like, that's just how it exactly. is. That, that's that, how it is. Only, it's, it happens literally everywhere that that happens is that the team is not going to be as good when you have the backup quarterback in. It's just not. Um, yeah. Believe it or not, the backup quarterback is not always the better player. Right, right. And so, uh, and that essentially was my response when, when I was asked that question. I was... Uh, I was like, you know, it's not the same scenario. It's, it's not. And I think um, there was a YouTube comment a few days ago, and I meant to grab the username because I, I just knew it was going to come up this week. In essence, they said, Charlie Five, they're like, Auburn fans need to get out of the mindset that guys can't get better from one year to the next. Right. I thought it was pretty I powerful. Think- I thought it was a little profound. I'm not going to lie to you. No, absolutely. Uh, what the the book is not written. He's still really TJ's still really young. I mean, if you really think, I mean, he's basically a true what junior. True, like TJ's two things. He's really young, like you said. He's also really tall. Yeah, very tall. I think that's worth. Can you imagine? Yeah. I know we joked about him on a moped, but can you imagine or the whole helmet thing? But can you imagine what that looks like on a moped? You remember the pictures of Cam when he was on one, and he looked like he was just like he could eat it. Right. Because he's just such a big human. And TJ's taller than Cam. Yeah, like TJ that. is a massive dude. Like he's yeah. huge. Prototype. I mean, he really is a prototype NFL like quarterback body. Like he, he's really everything you can ask for. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, uh, yeah. I mean, if he comes out and, you know, somehow throws for 3,500 yards or something like that, even if it's not flashy and even if his mechanics are wonky, um, there'll be some NFL teams that are like, he's really big. Like, there's a chance. He's, so he's, he's really big, um, yeah. which is a fascinating conversation that we'll have later, maybe. But, um, but yeah, yeah, just the fact that he can take that step. And we've talked about this before. Like, TJ has the traits. He's big. He's got a cannon. It sounds like, it sounds like he's a pretty solid leader. I mean, the locker room apparently really, really likes him. It's yeah. just, can, can he pull it all together? That's been the biggest question since spring. Is can, they, go can back, they pull it all to together? Go back to, your, to go back to your question, it does seem like fans, and I don't know that it's necessarily Auburn fans, it does seem like you can you can't get if you if you have a bad year, there's there's like very little faith that you can be better. It's always you're you're either gonna be that bad again or worse. Like you can't right. you can't remotely get better. Like that's just it seems like I don't I don't know what that is, but it, it's like you just you finalize it, you write the check and you're done, you're done with it. He can't. We got to move on. We got to move on. Yeah. He, there's no possible way he could have been better. Right. Right. Uh, let's pivot to NIL stuff. Um, Charlie Five has thoughts. Auburn's NIL collective has, has made a new hire. Let's talk about what it could potentially mean for Auburn athletics moving forward in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. 
NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to tell you about the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link. And it will ask if you want to join it, and you do, and then boom, all of a sudden you're talking with a ton of Auburn fans all day, every day. It is a blast. Um, and sometimes there's some drama. Uh, if you're not involved with it, you can just watch it. And Charlie Five's usually in the middle, in the middle of, all <laughs> of all of it. Yeah, so be sure to check that out. It's in the episode description down below, or um, if you're watching on your favorite uh, or listening on your favorite podcast app, it's in the show notes. Just uh, check that out there. Big news on the NIL front, Charlie Five. Yeah, so um, it's being reported in a couple of different places that uh, on to Victory, which is the the new collective that bought out um, all, uh, NIL AU, yep. has hired um, uh, f- should be a familiar name to a lot of guy, a lot of folks. Uh, Brett Whiteside, he'll be the new director of On to Victory, and if you're wondering who that is, uh, he was the director of football operations under Gus Malzahn. So. He was Gus, Hal- Gus Malzahn's literally right-hand guy. He, he organized all kinds of recruiting events. Uh, he organized a lot of budgets that had to go with the team. Um, I mean, scheduling, or organizing team travel, day-to-day, like different operations. He's, he was a late liaison between, you know, uh, the administration and Tigers Unlimited, uh, compliance. All, that's I mean, those are all things – that were not here uh, prior uh, under other other different collectives. That th- this is a new a, a new sort of strategy, um, and I'm really excited. Uh, Brett, you know, was big in the community. A lot of folks loved him. Um, several mutual friends were re- really close with him. So uh, it's exciting to see that, um, especially from that that recruiting budget. And then uh, the recruiting budget and compliance side, because those three things I feel like are extremely, extremely important. Yes. Uh, to not cross or blur lines uh, and, and stay out of trouble, uh, and, and think and, and still be able to execute the way it needs to execute for Auburn to be successful. Right. Right. And so, obviously, uh, it seems like there's been more traction for the 2024 class as far yes. as setting things up for the future. Um, and I guess that's okay. I, I like the way it's set up, Charlie Five, because it seems so dependent of like, or independent of like what the, the team itself is doing. That like, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't have to start over all the time. Yeah. Like, it, it's set and it's running, you know, just because, you know, if, if a receiver's coach goes and takes a job somewhere else or something like that, um, the NIL group should, in theory, have relationships already formed, which I, th- I think is nice. Yeah, and he comes from Missouri, and I think he was the leader of their – he was basically – I'm trying to think who the equivalent, the top person in our our off-the-field staff over recruiting. That's who, that's who he was mm-hmm. at Missouri. And so – you got you bring in somebody that is going to have that recruiting mindset, and then uh, I I feel like one of the things that the the other NIL group did was they were a little bit sort of on an island, uh, so to speak. Um, yeah. There was not a lot of uh, 
reaching across the aisle, so to speak. Like it was sort of like they were always at odds with either um, compliance or, or and everybody was scared. We didn't really know what to do. Well, now you got a guy who literally did compliance for a, right. a living for for Gus. So so that to me, you're 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 remedying several different deficiencies in it's, one hire. It, it's a great one hire. hire. It's a it's a no brainer. Um, and I don't know. I, I just, I, I love the fact that you can say what you want about Gus, but like the dude could recruit. Like, I mean, he, he got talent uh, at Auburn and we kind of was a key to that. Right. And it kind of got to the point where it's like, oh, well, Auburn recruits itself. And now it's like, oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe it doesn't. Right. Right. <laughs> so. But yeah, I, I mean, it's just to, Staying power. The one thing that I talked about, one thing that I talked about when we first started talking about onto victory is Mm -hmm. that um, you asked me, how is this going to be better? And I said, I don't necessarily think that it's going to be better. I don't necessarily think it's going to be worse. I think it's going to be something that's sustainable. And when you see hires like this, it only solidifies, uh, solidifies that thought that, they're doing the things that are going to make this thing be able to to last and not just be, you know, here and gone. They're putting the foundations in to be able to uh, bridge the gap, so to speak. And mm-hmm. um, wow, what this is Brett's like the Golden Gate Bridge. Not, I mean, he's a big guy, and he just he he's able to reach across the aisle uh, for a lot of different things and pull a lot of things together. Bigger bridge, Brett Whiteside. <laughs> Or Caden Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Whiteside, for sure. Oh, wow. He's, Bridges he's is huge. Game. Bridges is a big boy. No, nah, it, it, it's it's a great – It's I've talked to several people, and, like, everybody – everybody is really, really fired up about this. Alabama guy, I mean, when I say it, he's from Alabama, mm-hmm. um, that, that recruiting piece is huge. That recruiting piece is huge. We'll so, see what happens um, with it. We'll see what happens with it for sure. Absolutely. Charlie Five, how can people find you, hear you, support you, all that good stuff? Absolutely. Find me on Twitter at the underscore Charlie underscore five. Zach already talked about it, but the Locked on Auburn Discord is awesome. Hopping. Me and you will, me and you will probably fight at some point in time when you join, but it's going to be fun. We're going to make up after. We're going to have a lot of fun. The Auburn, the corner message board, uh, and then Monday, Wednesday, Friday on the Dad Bod. Be sure to check all of that out, and you can find all of my written work at auburndaily.com. And we'll see you tomorrow, right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.